1: you salacious, succulent listeners. You are listening to Insert Here, a sex podcast where lust and learning meet. I'm Kate Warren, and each week I host a new guest to talk about their experiences outside heteronormative and vanilla boxes. My guests are kinky, they're queer, they watch ethical feminist porn, and have a toy chest full of strap-ons. On a basic level, they have experience with some kind of fetish or sexual practice that isn't traditional penis and vagina sex. And let's be honest, we all want to be living our best sexual lives. And sometimes that means venturing outside our comfort zone to try new things. Insert here, the podcast can help. My guests have a lot to teach those of you who are sexually curious and not quite sure how to dip a toe in more adventurous waters. The show combines personal storytelling that will change the way you view gender, sex, and intimacy with practical knowledge that you can apply between the sheets or in the dungeon or on the kitchen table. There's no such thing as normal, so grab your strap on and enjoy the ride. Today's guest is one of the most sparkly humans I know. Sarah Massey is the Director of Communications for the National LGBTQ Task Force. She's a cisgender female who was in a heterosexual relationship for 10 years, but she eventually came out as being bisexual, became single, and totally shifted her lifestyle to focus on playfully exploring who she is and what turns her on she's the sergeant of hotness in the women's lgbtq motorcycle club called the outriders runs an aphrodisiac supper club called yes please more please and is active in the poly community she'll be talking with us about the art of being a femme dom the finer points of using a strap-on bi visibility and being in a triad relationship she's Sassy, classy by day and nasty, messy by night. Please welcome Sarah Massey. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show. Um, so first, I would like to wish you a happy birthday. Yes, thank You're you so much. You are joining us here on the pod on your birthday, and yes. we've had a little bit of champagne. We've had My some favorite thing. cake.
2: Second favorite thing. <laughs>
1: I mean, the cake here at the Line Hotel, where we record the show, is truly spectacular. And it's here in the studio with us now, yeah. and I'm gazing wistfully at the cake. I'm going to eat it. And you know a lot about aphrodisiac food. I do.
2: And this is definitely an aphrodisiac. So tell us about being an aphrodisiac yeah. chef. Well, I started cooking many, many years ago and had ideas of running a bed and breakfast, which I've actually done as well. Okay. I've been an innkeeper.
1: Cool. Hip,
2: Um, 2018 kind of job. Good work. (laughs) Right. Hosting people and giving them wonderful places to sleep or whatever they do in their rooms on their own time. And then cooking for them and pleasing them and giving them pleasure through cuisine. And I had this idea that people can get turned on by what they eat. I know I do. Mm -hmm. And... I started studying the art of aphrodisiacs and put together recipes and supper parties and events and wedding. I did a wedding. Okay. Incredible. Bachelorettes, uh, birthdays, where people would just want to have a little something, you know, mm More sensual. More sensual. Approach to their food. More
1: connected. Well, it makes so much sense, right? Because there's such a connection between... Uh, What we eat and how we feel and how we feel has such a connection to our sensuality.
2: Absolutely. I mean, taste being one of the most important, uh, you know, what the food looks like, what it smells like. Mm -hmm. So So what are some very common aphrodisiac ingredients? I mean, avocados. Okay. Look sexy, feel sexy, taste sexy, very energetic. Um, so any kind of guacamole that you can get your hands on and if you can put it on someone else and lick it off them or, okay, you know, but also some other tips for obviously chocolate, 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 dark chocolate, organic chocolate, put it on anything, eat it off anything. Um, So, like, tips are that you can make any food fun. And I think people were really drawn to the aphrodisiac concept because it gave them an end to having a sensual conversation. And that's what I was really trying to do. What were you finding people were talking about at the dinners? I mean, it became people. Yeah, they talked about fucking. I had um, one person say that they had been brought up with a kind of devout religion Mm -hmm. and that even though they were on their second marriage, they didn't know what sex positivity is.
1: Oh, interesting. And so
2: here I was creating this platform where people could open up and talk about it. So this is what I really got interested in. And how do I get people turned on, talking, intimate, sensual, who mainly were... face making. Uh, yeah, exactly. And for me, it was a That's performance awesome. art project. Cool. Okay. <laughs> like, how many people can I turn
1: on tonight? <laughs> I love that. And as someone who hosts a sex podcast, I definitely know a little bit about that. Yeah. I love turning strangers on and yeah, all the time whether they're listening to me or if I'm talking to someone I just met about the podcast it's really interesting to like yeah. watch people get aroused through conversation about sensuality and sex yeah
2: Absolutely, I'm, so gonna, gl- I'm, I'm glad a little aroused that. right now thinking about chocolate. And I, I, I <laughs> did the like, chocolate and drinking I, champagne. I was gonna say, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I primed you a little bit yeah. for the show. <laughs> That's always good. Prime me up. Get me. Get me thinking about sex. Talking about sex. It's something I love to do all the time, and awesome. and actually acting in sex as well and playing as. So let's talk about yeah. about the sex that you like to have.
1: Walk me through a little <laughs> bit of all your the sex that I
0: like all of the sex. Walk me through your I personal mean, how long Is sexual journey It'll go for like
2: hours and hours and hours. <laughs> well, I you know, you did bring up that I had been married um mm-hmm. to a man and a pretty kind of vanilla heteronormative get married, get pregnant, buy the house, get the dog like I thought that's what I had to do. Right. What well, we're told
1: we are supposed to do. Yeah.
2: Markers of adulthood. Like, right, you get on the escalator, the escalator relationship. Yeah. So date, on your fourth date, you have sex. Supposedly it's good. Um, then there's some kind of thing that brings you together. And then you're getting married. I mean, you know, the whole thing. And I gave it a really good try and mm-hmm. um, absolutely still love my former partner. But they, he got sick and wasn't able to participate in an adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was sad and we broke up and then that's been 10 years since we broke up and here in Washington DC, I quickly fell in through the activist community into other very, like very sexually open communities. So activists tend to attract artists, Mm -hmm. artists tend to be edgy. Yes, we are. Yes. You know, you know who you are and you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) And it was great for me and my healing process coming out of this very sad breakup to get immediately back into a circle of sex positive people. And I grew up right outside New York City and my parents are sex positive people. So I've never had kind of to overcome any, um, you know, internal barrier to sexual exploration or, or any kind of like, oh, I shouldn't be gay or I shouldn't be kinky. I never had that inside of me. Um, I was more just trying to make a family, which I think a lot of people in their 20s try to do. I think that's totally
1: reasonable. So you went on
2: this journey for exploration (laughs) and self-discovery. What did you find? I found awesome. (laughs) Uh, You know, I have to also say, yeah, it's my 44th birthday. So I'm not, you know, not so young at this. And I've been able to be sexual for many decades. And what I find now being an adult-ish kind of, Mm -hmm. and being kind of cute, You are cute. Yeah, she's cute. she's kind of cute. You know, I got my leather, my lace, my whole thing. But um, being attractive also emotionally, I'm a caring person. I'm a loving person. I care about, you know, want to be involved with people's lives that I can attract a lot and Washington DC is a great place to attract a lot I mean people are brilliant a lot of people here are dedicated to service in the way that I am mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people are healers and artists and and want to have open sexuality and want to have lots of fun and understand that uh Sexual sex sex. Wonderful sex is a positive thing that adds to our lives. It's a yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's you know the endorphins, the healthiness, the connection, the orgasms. Woohoo! Yes, please. Woo-hoo, indeed. <laughs> so your so your woohoo is with both men and women, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I cool. I am I am definitely bisexual, and there's no like. Are you fifty percent bisexual? No, I or ten percent or whatever. I love all bodies equally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even technically it would be pansexual because I also date trans people. But uh, I like bisexual because I think it's important to me to give bisexual um, space and a spotlight as a very visible LGBTQ person because. We in the bisexual community, we get a lot of like flack on both sides yeah. all the time. And for men and women. Right. So like men will be like, Oh, that's so cute, it's so hot, you're bisexual and they think that I'm, you know, making out with chicks and bars, which I do, but I'm also in love with women who I have relationships with. And it's not just like this cute thing that I do. You're not 20 and experimenting
1: with your sexuality (laughs) or 44 and you're bisexual.
2: Right. And then with women who are presenting gay or lesbian, Mm -hmm. I also get the, oh, I don't want to touch you if you're touching cock. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, come on. Interesting.
1: Where do you think that comes from?
2: Well, I think it comes from the fact that our community is marginalized and we are defensive yeah and so we're told that we're wrong and we're told that we're not supposed to be doing this and we're facing you know incredible um discrimination Absolutely. and so we're put in this box and so then when we get into the box and we find each other we kind of want to stay in the box and so when you have someone like me <laughs> i love the box <laughs> but you have someone like me who loves the box and loves the other stuff it's like oh that doesn't feel right you no you're either gay or you're not well no i'm actually both i'm definitely gay and i'm definitely straight too and i love it you can you can <laughs> love cock and kitty at the same time in fact at the same time is like some of the best time
1: <laughs> yeah so so you so you like to have sex with men and women at the same time I mean yes cool <laughs> and and you're in a relationship yeah with a man and a woman yes, right I
2: date um, men and women and I'm dating a man and a woman right now and What's and their like? relationship with each other and it's all amazing and the best thing in the world and I'm you know what new relationship energy is i'm in that right now so I, <laughs> I yes i do so it's that like full-on buzz that you get and that no one can do any wrong and so i've got that like doubly for both of them oh and so how um, did you
1: guys come together how did you find each other kind of and well, how does your arrangement work
2: i well that's you know we're still figuring out the arrangement per se but cool. um yeah you know i'm i'm not gonna lie i pick people up I saw them. I see you out here in the <laughs> streets, Sarah Massey. Um. <laughs> you know, it's not that I'm a pickup artist, but I, you know, I had I had seen this couple, and I knew a bit about them, and we were at a party, and I just rolled up on them and put on the the full Sarah Massey. You know, let's get it on. <laughs> They they got the, the, the sassy classy yeah. and the nasty yeah. massy. They got it all. Okay, cool. Now they really have it all. Um, but they were open. So you joined their their team, kind of, yeah, cool. something like that. Um, where it became evident that there was a lot of love among all three of us, not just two of us. And right, um, that's a wonderful thing and beautiful. And, that's awesome. And did so
1: for for people who have never been in a triad before. Yeah. Um, how do you go about navigating those conversations? How do you take Absolutely. that that relationship from like, oh, we had a fun threesome one night, to hey, we're in a relationship together, all yeah. three of
2: us. I mean, it's communication, right? And I again, like, I don't I don't want to put down people who are young, but I guess what I really mean is like inexperienced. When you're inexperienced, you're gonna you're gonna mess up. You're gonna fuck up. Let's be real. Like you're gonna trip over stupid things. Like. Um, oh, I didn't tell someone when I wasn't feeling well, and I didn't tell someone that i didn't I didn't like this kind of play that we had. and that now I feel like I can't bring it up. And like, and when you're um, more experienced and you're able to just bring those things up right away. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to do is if there's anything kind of emotionally based that I'm trying to communicate, I'm gonna communicate it to both of them at the same time. okay, so that I'm, it's not ever two different stories. Mm-hmm. So if I'm putting my heart on the line, if I'm being vulnerable, it's with both of them at the same time. That's good. Well, and less emotional labor that way, not to have to, and or play telephone either. Well, that's the thing, right? And that's where communication fails. So I think, and also that our relationship is centered around friendship being the most important thing. So That's awesome. I, I, you know, what is the longevity for a triad? Who knows? Um, people do it all the time, but... Mm-hmm. I think it does have a lot of pitfalls. And so we can't assume that it's going to last forever. But so focusing that we're always going to be friends no matter what. If the sex drops off or the um, romantic stuff drops off, there's still going to be the friendship. Right. And when you find people who are so easy to accept you and love you for who you are and open to going on this adventure with you, you're, you're going to want to be friends with them forever anyway. It's beautiful. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, what are you doing? Right. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and whether you're in a relationship
1: with a hetero partner or a homosexual partner or two other people like it matters that you have trust with those individuals because it is an incredibly vulnerable thing to enter into a relationship or arrangement or to have any kind of sexual
2: experience with someone i would say that's true and or there's also like let's have fun and play and Mm -hmm. that's all it is well, and even then, you're setting expe- trust-based
1: expectations, sure. right? Like you're you're setting up boundaries and soft limits and hard limits, and you're trusting that the other people are going to honor those requests.
2: One one hopes, anyway. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> or yeah. especially, I mean, in the world I live in, that's absolutely true. It's true. mandatory. Yeah,
2: absolutely true.
1: So, how do you go about kind of setting up those those boundaries
2: within your triad? Well, yeah, we, a like, lot of talking happened before. It you know two became three yeah and I and mean,
1: like when you guys sleep together is it like always <laughs> like what are the rules right like and I, and you don't actually have to speak specifically about your relationship maybe right, you can right. talk yeah. about like. Uh, all the different ways that different people approach triads. Yeah, I mean, like it, do you, all three of you have to be present when you have sex or can you play with just one partner or
2: <laughs> how do these things work for you guys? Well, I'm so selfish. I just want everything all the time anyway. You're like hello worship <laughs> me. Yes, all the worshiping is happening um to me. No, um <laughs> I think, you know, in the same way that in any kind of you know outside of the normal or not normal gosh vanilla let's say outside of vanilla and kind of like the mm-hmm. traditional guy is going to do thing to girl yeah. and girl is going to let him do thing right. to her. giving gosh. something up um ugh, that just makes me want to throw up yeah. um boring you're gonna talk anyway about you know what does sex look like um because and then right there's like a million different types of meaning of the word sex right and totally so if it's if it's sexual play we're talking about it ahead of time um and if it and when it moves into romantic and when it when it grows we talk about that too because is it what we want um i don't feel like i need to follow that feeling if it's especially if the feeling is not gonna result well for all of us right
1: right right when, when yeah. i'm truly really
2: trying to say is like i don't need to follow the romantic feeling that i have for these folk if it's not reciprocated and if it's not going to be good for them yeah. so we're kind of always checking in on that too oh good is That's it reciprocated healthy. is it good for us Good. Yeah, Yeah. just little check ins. And then honor. And I want to honor their relationship. Yeah. And um, because also, again, selfishly, um, they take care of each other. They were an established relationship for many years. They plan to be for many, many years, forever. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to mess with that, muck it up. I want to add to it. Right. And because they're taking care of each other, I don't have to take care of them. The special goddess sauce. I it
1: to, just comes in.
2: Right. Cool. And like, so it's a plus plus for everyone. That is a
1: plus plus for everyone. Yeah. It's awesome. And,
2: who, you know, in the future, if there is space in my life where I have the capacity to care for two other people, wonderful. Right. Right now, not so much. Well, and, <laughs> and as long as you're communicating that to them and, they're, and they are saying,
1: awesome, like, we're, we're here for just X, Y, and Z, then perfect. Right.
2: We're not looking for a wife. We're not looking for, you know the big love
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it so it sounds like you have lots of different kinds of relationships yeah and they're not the only people I'm dating yeah cool so so talk to me about some of your other arrangements
2: yeah I mean I have wow this is fun we should always do this um, I have what's called comet relationships. Do y'all know about this? Oh no! Tell me about so comet comets are these sexy hot people who come through town. Oh <laughs> yes, I've had those. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're like Haley's comet, like uh-huh. once every seven months. So I've got a few of those folk. Okay, um, who are primarily just play partners because of distance or because, like, I date this corporate lawyer who flies all over the world and. When he's here, he's here. And when he's not here, he's not here. And I don't really think about him when he's not here. And when he's here, I think about him in really wonderful ways. Um, And then those folk uh, also are into poly or kinky lifestyle as well, it might be included in things like that.
1: Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of what kinds of kinks are you are you into? Yeah.
2: Um not that being in a triad is not a kink. True. <laughs> I mean I What cons- other kinks are you I into? I consider group sex kink. Um yeah. well yes, you you brought it up and it's it's fairly well known that I participate as a dominatrix as and i call myself a femdom. dom mm-hmm. and what does being a femdom dom mean to you yeah versus just kind of like well first of all i do present very feminine so y'all can't see me right now but big hair big tits long legs mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. leather and lace she's out here on a motorcycle <laughs> my motorcycle is parked outside and she's got like she has fresh <laughs> Fresh lingerie that she brought to the studio yes. on the, for the occasion of I her went, birthday. <laughs> I went lingerie shopping and painted my nails black. But okay, um, hold on. We're talking about being a a fem dom. Um, so feminine. I present very feminine. Dom being um, you know the dominatrix aspect of of my play, and I uh, only play in that role with men. Okay, and it's my particular fun, uh, exciting, fulfilling play uh, when men treat me as a goddess, as the goddess that I truly am, and beg to be uh, receiving my attention, uh, (laughs) beg to be played with, beg to be um, at the mercy of a wonderful goddess who treats them like the toys that they are.
1: I love that. So talk to (laughs) me more about about the ideas, the idea behind, the appeal behind being a dom for you.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the things, and we talked about this shortly before, was that for me, and it is, I only play with men in this way, it's it's really gender blending. It's really gender, it's throwing the whole traditional gender dynamic upside down. And in many ways in my life, I am a boss. i You my, are. <laughs> yeah. I've owned my own company. I ride a huge Harley. Um, now I have the great honor of helping to direct a great organization. And, I, you know, I'm the boss. And, you know, I've gotten my whole life, oh, you're aggressive, or oh, you're a bitch, or um, and I'm like, no, I am assertive. Yes, I you are. am. And if you were
1: a man, they would never call you. That oh, sense. if I was a man,
2: they would have loved it. Right. Uh, exactly. I had I had a professor once put on a paper of mine in grad school. He said, "You are you are by far the best writer in this class." But oh, I had changed all the um, gender to female because all the writing he had assigned us or reading was male. And in my paper, I said I changed it all to female. And he said, <laughs> "You will never get anywhere because because." you know, you're being a feminist and I showed him wrong up uh, <laughs> for sure. Clearly. 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 I was both so, so you're a boss bitch. So I'm a boss bitch. And you roll. Yeah. Up I don't like be that much um, as a word, but I'm, I'm okay, a boss. I'm a boss. I'm a goddess. I'm a boss. And so, you know, again, like the kind of like traditional, you know, dynamic that I was brought up with, like everybody's brought up with is like the guy, the woman is submissive to the man. The man di- dictates everything, um, all the play, everything that happens, all the power. But here I am, own own my house own a condo own businesses i you know i'm a boss in every other way i'm like what i'm gonna submit in the bedroom not that submitting in the bedroom is bad i'm glad that women enjoy doing it i'm more power to him for it but i don't right and i want my man to submit to me and it becomes this whole gender blending a uh, dynamic that w- we all get into and really love That's awesome. um, and, and men love to give it up y'all like, don't think that men are not looking for Toms. <laughs> they are. They are looking for me all the time. So what... In fact, four of them found me at a party last, you know, in, in December. And were very, very happy to find me. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so what kind of things do they request when they find yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, they they want to be spanked. Mm-hmm. And again, like, that's the kind of thing. You see it all the time. Or I was just even thinking, like, Moulin Rouge and the can-can. And the, butt go- the woman's butt goes up in the air. And the guy, like, hits her on the butt. And it's like this thing that i mean it happens to me my whole life that men try to spank me in public
1: oh yeah all this all this yeah my ass got grabbed recently yeah. actually when i was out dancing with jack uh, my what? executive producer of true story the show yeah right and i unloaded on this
2: guy yeah also a true story <laughs> i mean and like right and yeah, so Lord help him and when i play as a dom i can overpower because maybe they person is you know restrained a man is restrained and I can easily overpower him and he loves that and I'm spinging him like you know like so what's the appeal for the, <laughs> uh, for the
1: super for fun. the for, uh, I mean yeah. I totally see the appeal for you yeah certainly because then it's like flipping those gender dynamics yeah, and those power that. dynamics I love it you know women are so mm-hmm. often subverted that to take control of that and to subvert you know
2: yeah our oppressors well right so at, there's that potentially right well he's begging for it Right. like trust me I never touch someone unless they're literally begging for it fantastic and um, and then I know that it's very clear consent and and then for audience members who may not know this and they're like oh my gosh Sarah Massey's talking about spanking people pleasure can be derived from pain I mean right. you get the endorphin release you get um, the adrenaline release and so you know I would if you're interested in this kind of thing I would definitely say you know attract like go and get classes about it don't just start hitting anyone ever please um learn about it and understand places where people feel good getting hit but when they do and they get spanked and they get the adrenaline rush and endorphin rush and i mean they want more and more and more and it's super fun
1: (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome i know we're getting fired up here in the studio um so talk to me about kind of the different the different ways that being a dom manifests. You mentioned right. earlier that you have a co-dom.
2: Yes. For well, instance. Yes. I've I've had this wonderful experience of co-doming with another woman. What is co-doming? So we're both um, being served by our sexy boy. Mm-hmm. And he is wow. begging for attention from both of us, serving both of us. And, you know, that can come out in... You know, like I said, like, I'm really into using my hand for spanking. But my co-dom, she really likes toys. She really likes implements. Mm -hmm. And so that's really great because, you know, when my little wonderful hand gets tired, she can then take over. Um, And then our toy, he's just enjoying so much attention. Receiving all the attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, he's at Two Goddesses' Will and he's in... Bliss State sixty nine and. Um, we enjoy it because we get to smile together and laugh together, and where she and I are having just this great time bonding together, having sexy fun time, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whether it's sex between she and I, but it's it's right sexy fun time with our with our toy.
1: <laughs> How do you navigate the power exchange between the two of you versus the power exchange between the two of you and him?
2: Right, like once again, you know, it's lots and lots of conversation, talking it out. Yeah, I yep. mean, do. You know, they're much more in a 24-7 DS relationship. And, you know, was it okay with them having another dom come in and getting attention and getting served? Was she going to feel threatened? Was it going to be too much? Was it going to be um, super fun? Are we adding or, you know, so all of that needs to be talked through. And, and you do need to play a little fantasy in your mind and really think through. Am I okay watching, you know, this other wonderful, gorgeous person interacting in a sexy way with my love. Mm-hmm. Um that's a real thing. Yeah. And if you're not experiencing what what we call compersion, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of jealousy. Compersion not, is pleasure from someone else receiving pleasure. It, yeah, and if you look at that scenario and you're like, "Ooh, ick." Well, you shouldn't be in that scenario. Right. If you look at the scenario, you're like, oh, yes, please. Let's see more of that. Oh, I'm so happy. He's happy. She's happy. This is so exciting. It's thrilling. I love it. Go, go, go with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what about toys? Do you guys use toys? Yeah, we we love toys. And, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, strap on. So for our listening uh, friends, Hope you all know what strap-ons are and I got most experience with them in the lesbian dynamic. Well let's 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 back it up a little bit. Well let's level set level set for a second. What
1: is a strap-on? Oh I I know what it is, but share with our audience. So
2: basically a belt like structure that you wear allows you to switch in and switch out dildos of your pleasure. So Mm -hmm. I'm wearing it basically as if I'm strapping on a cock. Um that I could and I have, um, Worn them in public under my jeans, and that's called packing, which is something that's super fun to do if you're into this kind of play. I love it. Again, gender blending. So I present as this like very feminine woman, but then you look down and realize that I'm have a huge cock in my pants, and I love that. And people get turned on. So, so there's that. And so I first got experience uh, playing with strap on, with strap on play in lesbian relationships where I was having you know uh like piv sex with women and then i came to find oh oh right men also love receiving a cock uh in different places Mm -hmm. and uh you know switch those dildos out (laughs) make sure you are cleaning and caring for your toys yes be responsible (laughs) with your strap on (laughs) you just you know take care of your stuff and uh, got into pegging play which is so gender bonding so yeah. I, you know a guy is basically giving up his whole body to me to take And it is super fun. If you haven't done it, I strongly suggest doing it. Yeah. So, (laughs) what do you what do you really love about about pegging? Yeah. So even so, people would say, "Well, are you receiving pleasure?" It makes sense that a man is um, because his prostate might be stimulated and types of you know all types of things. Yep. All Uh, the all the benefits of anal sex are amazing. Many nerve endings. You can get wonderful sex toys that also pleasure the female anatomy, as in have a vibe that hits a woman's clit while she is utilizing the dildo to have sex with a man.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> or a woman. Cool. Too, so right? you're getting
2: yours because you're, stimulating your, your clit vibrator
1: is like going to town while you're pegging this guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll just, just keep saying in. yes. <laughs> but then, like I said, it's the gender blending aspect where right. he's it. totally giving over. He is totally submissive. He is enjoying. Where's the release being in that
1: for, for him? Like, have you talked to your, to your well, partners?
2: You mean sexual release or, or no, power exchange? No, I no, mean, I mean like I mean the, that's a real power exchange. It, it, I mean, he's giving it all over.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean
2: he is at my mercy on so many levels. Um,
1: and I think you know, in talking to, to other men who are who are sub in that way, um, the appeal is in like getting to take a break. A lot of times, guys who are who are really dom I mean. in their I, like IRL in their quote real life and they're like date and they're like in their day life like in the bedroom want don't want to be dom and they want to be able to take a break and let someone be in charge someone yeah. else be in charge Absol- do you find that that's the case with your partners Absol-
2: i mean it's all types right like mm-hmm. i definitely have the high powered i mean we're in Washington DC right high powered lawyer K street lobbyist who cannot wait to get restrained and be on his knees and be begging for it, um, cool. because you know again he flies all around the world negotiating deals and right. uh, co- you know contracts with I don't know probably what kind of companies they're probably selling arms around the world. Um,
1: do you, <laughs> and f- do you <laughs> find that these guys, that a lot of the guys that you're with are uh, out as being queer or bi,
2: or are they out as be- mostly yeah. being straight? So I would say that the guys that I'm in relationship would consider themselves straight. And it is straight. I mean, I'm a Mm -hmm. woman. Yeah. And they're a man. And so even though the sex act is something that's been, quote unquote, like, considered gay sex, um, it's not gay sex because we're not gay. Right. And um, any man would enjoy getting his prostate pleasured. And uh, And lots and lots of straight guys do. Because (laughs) let me tell you, if you want to send a guy to the moon,
1: like, prostate (laughs)
2: stimulation is the way to do it. It can really, yeah. And then add that to, I mean, so that could be at any time, right? You could be having traditional PIV sex and prostate stimulation or you Mm -hmm. could be, they could be on their knees begging to get fucked in the ass basically. Awesome. (laughs) Well,
1: and and frankly, good on them for being in touch with their own sexual practice enough to say like, hey, I'm curious about this. Hey, like I I actually really like being dominated and it doesn't make me less of a man. It in in many ways makes me more of a man because I'm so in touch with or, or more of a, a whole person, yeah. you know, like there's no need to gender it at all.
2: No, there's no gendering. You're it person, doesn't need to happen at all. You're a yeah. person
1: who really likes to receive pleasure. And this is one of the ways in which you like to receive pleasure.
2: Yes, I love that. In fact, let's stop having it be some weird taboo or mm. like, right? Because the, way, the same way that A lot of straight guys are really
1: afraid to have anything anywhere near their butt. Right. Because they're afraid it will, quote, make them gay or make them seem gay or like, oh, am I gay? Because I like my, is that, my is that, butt being touched. Is that what
2: made me gay? Is that I like touching butts? <laughs> <laughs> but oh go- We've come to it now. We've but figured like heteronormative out I, straight guys are really, really yeah, worried no, about it's this. so true. And, I, you know, that's why I don't spend a lot of time with heteronormative straight guys. Um, but I would. And again, though, like submissives are everyone. Yes. Yeah. They're the high powered lawyer, but they are also, you know, the hippies and the bikers and the you know, IT people. It's 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 really just, you know, what you enjoy and right. explore it. And have fun with it and find adults to play with who love you and want to you know give your body more pleasure come now <laughs>
1: <laughs> come now come indeed, now. Come Sarah now, indeed. <laughs> so i we are going to take a quick break Ooh. um and when we come back we are going to talk about a leadership in the gay communities Thanks. coming out and goddess fantasies Ooh. you are listening to insert here on full service radio we'll be right back
0: and this theme song break song that you're listening to is produced by Morris producer based out of LA find him online P Morris this is the insert here we'll be right back
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Insert Here, a sex podcast where lust and learning meet. I'm your host, Kate Warren, and with me today is Sarah Massey. We just got finished talking about being a femme dom and being an aphrodisiac chef. And now we're going to talk a little bit about. Fantasy, mm-hmm. Sarah's fantasies specifically. So, you clearly have a very rich fantasy life that you were out here <laughs> living, yes. right? Like, you've spent yes, the last 10 years really tapping into your fantasy life yeah. and, and actualizing it. Yeah, I love that. Which takes a lot of <laughs> bravery. Um, oh, thank you. So what are some of your go to fantasies no. that you're
2: practicing on a regular basis? So I really love the pick up a hot boy toy in a hotel bar. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and Do they have to be younger? Like yeah, if they are a boy toy? Well, yeah. I mean a little bit. Okay. I tend to I tend to attract younger. Okay. Um you in have general. Young, I mean you have yeah. a young spirit. Yeah, nobody thinks I'm forty four. But I am 44.
1: Um, I'm here for the for the new
2: 20, 44. Yeah, 44 is the new 20 or whatever. whatever. So <laughs> so we're in this like swank, you know, hotel and I don't live too far away. And I was just remarking how wonderful it will be that my sexy boy toy will be in the bar. And what we play is that we don't know each other. Mm, and okay. I have to pick him up. Okay. And I've got to do a little bit of work there to introduce myself, um, you know, maybe get the my um, <laughs> <laughs> What are your go-to so pick-up lines during this fantasy? Like, what are I... You can think about it. Yeah. I mean, basically, I just, you know, kind of make the googly eyes from across sure. the bar. Sure. And, uh, we've all done that. I mean, anyway, we've all been there, picking people all, up into bars. I mean, it's kind of a
1: thing. It's an art, not a science.
2: <laughs> You, you know, you use your physical being to open yourself up to them, yes. and then I, you know, I mean, is the seat taken? Yes. Um, <laughs> or I noticed you were been on your own for a little while. I am as well. May I buy you a drink? Hot. And you know, and then I'm the businesswoman from in from out of town, and I being a being a boss, <laughs> being the boss woman, and I I intend to be served.
1: Mm, okay. Um,
2: And my sexy boy toy is at my whim. And what's fun about this fantasy for me and the kind of making it more anonymous is like, you know, I sometimes am very much in love and very much care about my, you know, play partner. Sure. And so if we pretend like we don't know each other, I can get a little more loose as it were. And I can get a little more demanding and and pushy. Mm, And because I feel like, well, it's like anonymous sex. Right, so you can kind of do whatever you want with anonymous acts. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not anonymous because they are my play partner, and you should negotiate everything you're going to do ahead of time, right? Exactly. So that you're not surprising them, safe and consensual. Yes, and that they're super it's excited. It's so fun to, play to role too. play, you know. And everybody it's has so fun.
1: And I, I think it's interesting, right? Because adults. As children, we're really taught how to lean into our imaginations. Yeah. And how to have imaginative play. And as adults, there are m- m- like many fewer opportunities yeah. to do that that are welcomed. And oh. having a, like a lively fantasy based sex life is one of those
2: spaces. <laughs> yeah. And I like the costumes of it, right? You get yeah. the outfits yeah. and the garters yeah. and like all the clothes and the leather and the lace and the boots and the stilettos and the makeup and like so you're putting on a costume i love that part i love where we get to play i mean we even have costume parties all the time in our groups because we love to play and that's part of it and like disney world is not our thing we're doing the like you know 2.0 version (laughs) we're doing the adult version yeah but fun safe consensual well and there's a level of ritualization there oh i like that too that i think
1: is really interesting yeah
2: right like as uh,
1: female-bodied, uh, female-identifying people, we are raised to, like, like, wash our face in the morning and at night and put on makeup and do our hair. And our, these rituals of femaleness mm-hmm. that we perform. So when you are performing those rituals, right, like putting on lingerie yes. before you put on a special outfit to go out to the bar, you are performing this traditional female ritual and then subverting it because yes. you're going into that situation <laughs> in, a, in an untraditional way for a woman as yeah. a dom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. Right. Well I'm I'm the power person the whole time. But it's fun for everyone, right? It like is so I, fun for I
1: know everyone. like there are mornings where I put on lingerie and make sure my partner knows that I'm putting on lingerie. Yeah. But they're not allowed to touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and, and they but I remind them throughout the day maybe with like a little bit of a picture or a little oh, bit of definitely. a text Foreplay's message foreplay is
2: all the things
1: foreplay can happen all day
2: yeah and no so it's all the things right photos mm-hmm. and laundry and you set like, oh, that
1: expectation um, all day long so you're yeah. really building all the up until they finally get to, like, yeah. see and touch, maybe, if I say so.
2: <laughs> well, they have to beg it. In, to in your me. case, yeah, in your case, yeah, they do. They have to beg. And if they accidentally touch me and you know who you are, um, you get punished for it.
1: Oh. That's <laughs> Oops. fair. Well, which is, which is part of the appeal for people who mm-hmm. are entering into these consensual power dynamic-based spaces.
2: Right. They love, love it. them. They love being punished for behavior that's considered okay and I'm like no 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 you haven't you haven't begged for it yet you haven't pleased me yet so you don't get to touch me and you mm-hmm. just have to look at me like the mm-hmm. goddess that I am and mm-hmm. worship me and then, oh, I love and then we'll see what happens that's so empowering <laughs> I
1: think that's great so you're getting obviously a lot of power from your sexual life what about yes. from what about let's talk about your your other cock your non-strap-on cock yes. your motorcycle <laughs> my, motorcycle, my
2: 1400 cc's of Harley Davidson made in the USA Union Made Pleasure. Yes. Yes, yes. and we were talking about <laughs> fantasies and Ooh. I admitted that my I do have a sexual fantasy of having sex on that motorcycle. <gasps> <sighs> (gasps) I haven't You haven't fucked on your bike yet I haven't I haven't figured it out Like so there's a whole Like we don't want to tip it over It's 800 pounds And if it tips over It could damage And then also How do you get it back up Are you still having sex On the bike If someone's like (laughs) Bending you over the bike Well yeah That's where we're going with that Or I'm bending them over the bike Yeah Um that's probably what I'm thinking about, but you Great. still need to be in a stable place. Mm-hmm. And like a kickstand with an eight hundred pound bike it's not that stable. So I'm working out the logistics. If you've got the logistics worked out, let me know. Call me and tell me. Yep. Hit us <laughs> How up. How do I do this on the bike You can you can email
1: insert your podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and I will forward to Sarah. So How she do can... we get my
2: Harley stable so that <laughs> I can have sex on it? <laughs> These are the goals. And so not just like the grabby, because invariably my passengers do try to grab me in erogenous zones um, from the back while I'm riding, which might not be the safest thing that we've ever done, but it does happen. Right,
1: it does. (laughs) Not going to lie. I mean, (laughs) I had sex with a guy while he was driving once when I was in college. Yeah. And
2: driving, you've got six tons of metal around you. You do. That's a different bear than a motorcycle. So how does your,
1: how does your, what does your bike stand for,
2: for you? Yeah. I mean, I joke that it's my primary relationship, but if you're a poly or you're a relationship anarchist like me, like you understand that to be that I'm in relationship with myself and I'm not looking for, you know, marriage or kids or any kind of like relationship of an escalator relationship. I'm looking for connections and, and caring and love and sex, all the, all those things, but without the kind of um, traditional boxes. And so the, the motorcycle, I joke about it. It's my primary, but I mean, it kind (laughs) of is too because Um it vibrates the whole time. Fantastic. (laughs) Takes me where I want to (laughs) go. Never complains. Great arm (laughs) candy. Thrilling. Yes. And then yeah, I ride with the Outriders Women's Motorcycle Club. And, you know, we'll ride to Canada this July. And there'll be like eight of us. And what's that community like? Huge, huge beast that we ride together. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like that experience of riding in the middle of a pack of eight women on huge beasts. Um, it's incredibly. The empowering. noise, the visual, we're all w- wearing the jackets and the gear, and, um, and they are so sexy. And I think they would, they all know. Well, I'm the Sergeant of Hotness now, I got promoted. Um, what does being sergeant of <laughs> hotness entail? It means that I am still the sergeant at arms, which is the disciplinarian, <laughs> obviously. I was going to say <laughs> shocking, <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, you know, that I'm hot while I'm doing it. I guess, and uh, true. Being in a women's group that is centered around this, you know, pretty outrageous hobby. It is a hobby. Yeah. Um, it we're just and we're LGBTQ women. F- And so we're a minority and a minority and a minority. Because only like 1% of bikers are women. Right. And then how many of us are gay? And uh, we're also, by the way, very inclusive. We have gay people. We have trans people. We have the whole... We even have a straight person. Woo! Um, (laughs) 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 Woo! We love you straight people too. Ally. And... It's about us taking care of each other now yeah. that we have found this group um it's also about being wild as fuck like let's be real this this is a crazy hobby it's so That's dangerous, awesome. it's so wild. you feel like you're flying you're you're um you know, and people go crazy when they realize that we are a women's club. I mean people are beeping and waving and, Ooh, okay, you know if we go to events, oh my god, it's a women's club and you know, so the we never. Reception is generally really good. It, we did have a little bit of a different reception, I will say, with the um, Trump uh, voters. You know, okay. the bikers for Trump. Oh, um, interesting. We what saw was them. Like? Uh, actually, horrifying for me. I, I, you know, was very comfortable that the biker community was accepting us. You know, we went to Daytona seventy fifth anniversary. We were beloved there, um, and then we went to Maryland with this, you know, bikers for Trump up out in Ocean City. And I started following around one of my trans members in my club because I was worried that they were going to get attacked for being trans in the bathroom. Were people saying stuff for each I just, you know, we just look so different than those other bikers. I was afraid. I was afraid. Yeah. Um, There was a vibe. Yeah. You could just feel it. I mean, there were signs that were like, no, no, only English spoken here. And, um, you know, hatred of Hillary and uh, Confederate flags and, and which, you know, is an element of the biker community. And. Uh, no, we don't need to be anywhere near that. We right.
1: well, and and as any f- as any female-bodied person yeah. knows, they that part of being a woman is being astutely aware of impending physical yeah d- right. risk and and peril at at, at any point right. right like and
2: our group the vast majority of the members of my group don't present as traditionally looking women right uh, pre- present which opens
1: them up to a lot of harassment from traditionally uh, from traditionally right. oriented men
2: right and we're the writers we're not the passengers. Mm-hmm. right so again in like the biker culture it's the guy is the dr- rider and the woman is the passenger mm-hmm. but we're the riders and we have bikes that are just as big just as badass just as fast right. um, as all the men's bikes i mean it's the same exact bike right
1: <laughs> you're just as strong you're handling these huge really heavy bikes i mean
2: we've ridden to florida and back we've ridden all over the east coast we're gonna ride to canada this summer like we're cool. just as good if not better because um, we care about safety. <laughs> right,
1: right. But it, it, you know, and there, but there's really something to be said for safety in numbers.
2: Well, right. I mean, that's one of the reasons. Well, as gay people, as LGBTQ people, I should say. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we congregate together yeah. and we take care of each other as a group because of the safety in numbers and right. because people still. Re- I mean, I, you see people's heads turn, um, and I'm highly privileged. All. I know you can't see me, but you know, I'm white. I present very feminine. I have kind of a traditional look. In terms of like what's considered pretty. And then, you know, when I'm out with my friends and people's heads turns, people give them nasty looks, people, I mean, they tell me people follow them to bathrooms, people say shit to them. Mm -hmm. Like, come now. And I see, you know, in all my life, I see this happening. Come on. You're going to be prejudiced against someone who has to use a bathroom. Like, where are you coming from if you have to do something like that? Everybody (laughs) poops. That's it. Plain and simple. But it's like this huge thing that's happening in our society right now. It's awful. Yeah. Like how yeah,
1: disempowering sad. is that? Yeah. Well, and, and in that, there's an inherent lack of empathy.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm. If
1: you are not able to imagine how your behavior will, will impact an, another human, yeah, then step, there's a problem. Step back and take care of yourself
2: first. Right. <laughs>
1: well, and ultimately, that is one of the really main goals of, the, of Insert Here, of the podcast. Oh,
2: wonderful. To create
1: space for people whose voices are a lot of times marginalized to speak yeah their own truth to power to share their own stories in a way that's that's fun and accessible for people who wouldn't
2: necessarily have access to those yeah. narratives. Yeah, wonderful. All the vanilla folk, tune in, and yeah. you can be... I mean, and and, yeah, like
1: take it, like take a minute also, like being vanilla isn't a negative thing. That's also wonderful. That's also a choice. Um, But if you are a sexually curious human, um, it's a really good way to expose yourself to new things in a really like risk free sort of way.
2: Yeah. Well, educate yourself. Yeah. Tune in. Get some get some education. And to that point, I also want to point out like, you know, there's like this whole like it gets better. And I work with uh, teenagers from time to time. You, you can be an adult who's a biker and bisexual and have lots of loves that take care of you and that you take care of and have a great job fighting uh, for civil rights and LGBTQ rights. It can all happen. Yeah. And I stayed true to myself. And that's how I got here. And I'm very, very humbled to be in a position of power to help my community um, because I've lived authentically. Yeah, what? and we only have, uh, you know, maybe one more
1: minute, yeah. um, but maybe we can close by you saying like what it means to be a leader in the LGBTQ yeah. community for I, you.
2: I'm super honored to be given a position of uh, that's potent. I'm the director of communications for a huge national org, and I'm humbled that people want me to create the space and to give them the spotlight, and they trust me that I'm going to center marginalized communities, Um, people of color, trans people and give them the mic uh, from when we're doing advocacy. Today I'm talking about my life and my sex, which is great. But when it comes to what I do for work, it's not going to be me behind the mic. It's going to be a trans woman or a person of color who is going to be able to say, look, what I've gone through, I can teach you. We need to be listening to the folks who are most marginalized. And right now that's Muslim people, it's LGBTQ people, it's immigrant people, it's queer folk. And we need to be listening to them about how we heal and how do we turn this around because they're going to tell us the best of all.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. because they are the ones who are most directly impacted by all of this. And so
2: they've got the solutions and uh, those of us who have access need to give space. And that's why... And and using your privilege
1: to create space for those people to speak for themselves and not speaking on behalf of anyone.
2: Yeah, it's not about me. And I'm so honored that I'm given the (laughs) opportunity to just do that. And um it's it's my goal to to overturn i am going for it like this what what's happening now is 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 more than a regression um it's an illness it's a delusion and the beloved community is multicultural is lgbtq the future is queer let's make it happen absolutely
1: well thank you so much for being out here and doing the good work you have been listening to Insert Here, a sex podcast uh, where lust and learning meet. I've had Sarah Massey here Woo-hoo. with me. You can check us out online at org. And if you know anybody who wants to be on the show, they can email me at insertherepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get you next week. Stay horny. <laughs>